the more the days pass, the more I feel, well, at least we found out. Because I don't want Anthony Joshua going into the ring against someone who's cheating. And that's the whole reason we go through these processes. So, you know, I'd rather he didn't fail his test, but he did. And I'm glad that we had this in place to know that rather than going into the ring against someone whose endurance might be better or his power might be better. And something terrible could have happened. And we would never have been able to live with ourselves. So I'm just pleased that we make sure June 1, whoever it is, it's an even playing field. Welcome to the News Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and with me today, Mr. Mike Theobald. The rabbit saver. <laughs> the rabbit saver indeed. Only one rabbit though. Well, one yeah, rabbit granted, versus one dead rabbit. I've got a 50% record of life versus death. <laughs> it wasn't even me, the wife took... I've had an unwell rabbit this afternoon. We're recording slightly later than planned. There's a wife that took him to the vet, and uh, yeah, he's still going, still standing. So that almost got in, more custard. That um, that almost got in the way of recording. So everyone, best be happy that your rabbit was saved. Well, he wants to listen to this week's podcast, so he didn't want to go out on that. You can't go out on a Sunday. Makes sense. Well, you can nearly go out on a Sunday and cost me twice as much in fucking vet bills because it was emergency costs. He waited just long enough to yeah, cost you as yeah. much as he could in vet bills. So now, cheers for that. Fucking vets. Uh, How's your weekend? What have you been doing? Um, You're going to get wine tasting, weren't you? How'd that <laughs> yeah, go? That didn't happen. Uh, we were supposed to, <clears> but <throat> McKenna was ill, so we didn't go to that. And Friday night, we chilled out because obviously Saturday we were going wine tasting. Yes, yeah, so I no need to do anything Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, although I did go to Waitrose yesterday to get some few bits for lunch because obviously that's so middle class I know, already. I know, but there's like um, got like um, your own zapper thing. You're like a what? You go around and zap and like um, barcode. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your own stuff. Yeah, in because trolley. people at Waitrose won't steal shit, so yeah. you can. So I'll go around. Trust bleep, bleep, bleep. Now there's a couple of things that I was like, oh, I actually don't need that. Put that back. Put that back. Well, I'm presuming the algorithm goes, as soon as there's anything other than zap in the trolley, zap in the trolley, then it goes, this bloke's dodgy. Well, of course, that happened. It came up at the till, random check. I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> of course. I'd put like two things in the trolley that I hadn't zapped. <laughs> and so she went, beep, beep. First, you think, like, literally one of the first things she picked up, I was like, oh, no, I haven't beat. I know I haven't beat that. It was like... Gold bar. No. <laughs> It was like not a, like the gold bars like you got was, as a kid. They were awesome. It was like a actually it was a jar of cockles as it happens. But <laughs> like, by rights, if you're buying that, you should be arrested anyway. So it's put um, a register of some sort. <laughs> so she zaps that and it goes beep beep full rescan. I was like, oh no! <laughs> now I look like a skip rat that steals cockles. So you have to go all the way through your trolley. Yeah. Nice. I used to work on an algorithm, right? If anyone here works, at, used to work at Tesco's years back. Yeah, years and years ago. 
But if I'm doing a big shop at Tesco, I think like a big shop, you know, the ones where it's like, you've got to fill the freezer, fill the cupboards. I'm entitled to help myself to one thing from the pastries. What, whilst you're walking around? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, think how much each individual pastry costs Tesco. Yep. It is minuscule. So you know the ones that they individually wrap, like a sausage roll or something? Um, Are you talking... Oh, I'm not sure how... We, we... Okay, go on. So something like a sausage roll or <laughs> something like that, the individually wrapped items in Tesco's that come in like the paper... I think and... I'm getting too hooked up on exactly what item you're talking about. Don't hang on the sausage roll, but like some, maybe a cake, whatever. Yeah, what I mean, rather than the fact that you're just entitling yourself to say, <laughs> I'm going to eat something... So- yeah, I will typically, I'm working on the basis that if I'm like, because I've got four kids in my family, I've got my wife, I've got me. Yeah. Like a big shop is over £100, well over £100, probably 150 And everyone knows that that is the threshold for a cakeage, free cakeage. Over £100 is yeah. the threshold whereby you're allowed to help yourself to something Well, as in, you go around. In your defence, clearly a defendable position, um, You uh, don't they at the beginning of Tesco stores, they have like free fruit for kids? Yes, they do. What adult wants fruit? Yeah, there so should be free pastry, free pastries and booze for, for <laughs> booze. Help yourself, help yourself to a Budweiser. <laughs> so yeah, I often do that. They're like, if I know, I don't do it on little shops. I'm not that kind of person, really. But on the bigger ones, if I feel like I'm entitled to something like that, then yeah, yeah I think they're getting enough profit out of me that I can justify an eighty p sausage roll. I just help myself, and then I'll just. As I'm then looking through like the cornflakes, I'll just leave the wrapper somewhere in there. <laughs> I reckon there's a there's a team out there. It's like curse. He's beating us again as they pull out, as they restock the shelves. I found boss. I've I found another hot dog. I uh, found another sausage roll wrapper. God damn it! <laughs> I told you not to bring me bad news. So yeah, that's that's my confession to start a podcast. Well. <clears throat> This podcast going to be full of, uh, well, news of confessions anyway. Full of illicit activity. Actually, that's the best way. That's a better way to put it. Because we've had no confessions. No. Yeah. No. Of what? I don't know what you're on about. It's... No, it's true. Absolutely um, nothing. Why not would you remote... confess something that's not happened? What I'm talking about is not related to boxing anyway. There is nothing that's happened to confess. On a completely separate note. Yeah. <laughs> Dillian White. Oh, you're not even going to ask him what weekend was. Let's see how it is. All I was right. at Boxing Awards on Friday at Steve okay, Goodwin's okay. Boxing uh, Awards. That's good. I'll, I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> <clears throat> Clear the throat. And three, two, one. How was your weekend, mate? Are you actually editing that out? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Friday night I was at the uh, Goodwin Boxing Awards. Um, and it was great fun. I got fairly hammered. Not terribly, but... Um, pretty bad. Reasonably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't... You used it, the term hammered and then tried to sort of... like. Yeah, I wasn't hammered. Drunk. Yeah, yeah. Like I could, you know, still use my motor skills. And you know that's an achievement wow. when I'm hammered. Yeah, that is. So yeah. I wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, that no, is good. Like, they would just... I think they see... Um, Steve and the team see the, like, big boxing awards as a bit stuffy. 
and they are. I've been to them. Mm. They are quite stuffy. They go on for hours. And when so, you say the uh, what what box who runs those awards? The British BBC Boxing BBC Board of Control. Oh, okay. um, they are quite stuffy. They go on for hours, and it's boring, frankly. Um, so yeah, he decided to put on his own ones. Um, and award like the best prospect five fights and under best prospect 10 fights and under fighter of the season um like person has given the most to the sport so a few of his journeymen plus Dave Evans so awards for each of those um and yeah and that was good but that lasted like half an hour for all those awards and then the rest of it was just a buffet and drinks and music and entertainment so that's good fun got to spend the night with like just loads of decent boxing people and like it was just you know when you you're around nice people and it, it's a good evening it was uh, it was good fun saturday uh you were hung over i was hung over that was see that's where i catch up with you because i messaged you on saturday i don't know for what reason now but you were you were hung over i was um, then it, I had to go and take my daughter to a birthday party like half nine in the morning yeah 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 fucking build a bear <laughs> And that's the bit I remember. Is that you was expecting to see a guy who went to school with, didn't that's you? That's right, yeah. Right. And then you got there and his wife said, whilst you were hungover at this child's birthday party, yeah. his child, she said, Oh no, he's not here. It's not his kind of thing. Yeah, it's not his kind of thing going to his own child's birthday party. So, uh, Whereas you were like, his loss, I am pumped to be here. I am absolutely devastated to be here at half past nine on a fucking Saturday morning. <laughs> I went and played some badminton Saturday. Injured myself in doing so, but it's all good. It's all good. Ha- you could you couldn't have been that hammered then if you got yourself up for a game of badminton. Yeah, and no, I was all right by then. That was later, four o'clock. Um, but yeah, I challenge any podcast listener we have. I reckon I could beat him at badminton. That's Apart from there's one guy that follows me on Twitter that used to play badminton for England. I can't remember the guy's name. Right, but I hope he doesn't listen because then that fucking that bet I've just made is void. <laughs> because I can't beat him. That's what we need to do. Get a, a listeners like Olympics, a new age boxing Olympics. Yeah. So Terry sent through a photo last night where he'd met up with uh, listeners. Yeah. He'd, like they that accosted him, presumably. Yeah, they'd accosted him on the streets of London on a Saturday night. I think that's ace. Like whoever that was, that's brilliant. Like, but why they're accosting Terry? He's not part of his podcast. Terry who? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Formerly of. Speaking of which. Um, Dillian White. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, nothing's happened the last couple of weeks that would have really got under Terry's skin. <laughs> Do you know what? We've this still got... been like monologue central. <laughs> We've got our podcast group still, of which is Andy, myself and Terry. What's that? Um, what did I say? You, you didn't. Oh, you okay. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, Terry's been on fire for like the last week. Yeah. And I did think he was going to crack. I thought and, he might do, yeah. Oh, go on then. I can make it to Milton Keynes for a Sunday. I've retired. I've retired. Oh, you've retired the other mic. Yeah. Only temporarily. Might be needed one day. <laughs> if he couldn't come back this week, I don't think we're ever going to get him back. No. Um, but yeah, he would have He would have been in his element. He's been in his element all week in that WhatsApp group. <laughs> Indeed. It's like message after message relating to tweet after tweet and message after yeah. message. That, um, frankly, I'm not reading any of them out. No. Um, He's retired. So... What we're going to do is we're going to tip our hat to the American scene and then we're going to concentrate on the British stuff. Yeah? And we are consciously keeping it shorter this evening, despite yeah. the fact we spent 15 minutes talking about shoplifting and nearly dead rabbits. But um, yeah, we'll try and keep it shorter. 
Yeah, so literally every second counts, really. You actually pause recording just to find this. You got beautiful skin. You got a beautiful face. Okay. I'm just using the new setup of being able to just play music at any point. It's the worst 30 seconds we've ever done. That's an achievement. Okay, so. I'm not going to go straight into Dillian White, because we'll finish on that. Yeah, because if we do that, you'll turn off after. Ramirez versus Hooker is what I'm... And I, I, I give, I'm going to give, be honest with you, I don't know who either of these two people are. So, <laughs> so Ra- did Mar- Ramirez smash a hooker? Is that what we're talking about? It, yeah, he did, in the oh. sixth round. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Look, a unification, um, super lightweight, so same weight division, Josh Taylor. Unification. So Josh Taylor and Reggie Progray will be unifying in the World Boxing Super Series. These are the other two belt holders. Um, now, Hooker will know from beating Terry Flanagan over here um, for that WBO title. And then he's just, he's been the, I suppose you might say he's a prime example of world champions that you just don't really care about. So his world title reign has involved fights with like John O'Carroll and Frenoir and another two names I've never heard of. Well, I probably actually I heard of John O'Carroll. But... Yeah, okay. So like you end up with these fights that are fairly meaningless. Like it's a Kell Brook reign of terror as a world title holder. Um, the... Reign of terror said with such dismissal. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, and so he eventually comes up for this unification with Ramirez, who. Um, so Ramirez drops him in the first round and it's one of, it's a real unfortunate um, sort of dropping so Ramirez left foot ends up on uh, I think it was a left foot of Hooker as he throws a jab and so if you just looked at it from the waist up it was the weakest most pathetic like knockdown you'll ever see but it's only when you see it at full height that you realise why he went down Is, and that is, isn't an issue it's not a knockdown technically but the referee I don't think had picked up on the foot right um you know, it's a trip, essentially. But because the ref never saw that, he deemed it a knockdown. Um, but uh, Hooker had nearly gone down within the first 20 seconds of the fight as well. Um, just kind of stuck like a, a giraffe on roller skates. Like he Just he looked really cumbersome for it. But then got his, his act together. And I don't like watching Morris Hooker at all. I don't like watching him. I don't find him... Do you a- throw too many hooks? Such a twat. Chaz and Dave and terrible puns. Um, <laughs> well, what does it? What does he do that you don't like? It's what he doesn't do. Oh, okay. So he throws these like quite weak-looking jabs, and he's quite robotic in how he does it. He's got really long arms, and he just he doesn't seem to do anything with great venom ever. Um, having said that, the first round, he, uh, despite the knockdown, he probably won it. Um, but Ramirez is this Mexican, like tough as they come warrior. Just he gets inside that jab, he'll slip it and then just throw, throw, throw. Um, as soon as he's in, he was attacking to the body, to the head. Hooker just couldn't really. I don't know. I struggled to like Hooker, so therefore I struggled to give him any of the rounds during the fight because I was just praying he lost, and he did. So I was quite happy, really. Um, and Ramirez was a, a fairly hard knockout, man. It was um, 
catches him with his big left, then follows it up, follows it up um, into the ropes. And there were about three unanswered shots before the ref jumps in. And what was quite um, pertinent about it afterwards was Morris Hooker said afterwards in the press conference he was pleased the referee stopped the fight, which you don't really hear from fighters that often, do you? It's, um, it's different to do so. But he said he was pleased because he he was hurt and he admitted, kind of acknowledged he was hurt and he needed to be stopped uh, because there have been the two deaths so recently in boxing. There was uh, the Russian um, and the guy in Argentina. So just a tip of the hat to them, really. You know, it's it's the dangerous sport that we all know it is. Um, and these things... Have, I was actually chatting with somebody yesterday uh, about just boxing in general and, you know, the fact that you do get deaths in it. And, you know, you'll see the people that say, oh, boxing needs to be banned because they're deaths and there's brain injuries and there's this and that. And you just... I was, I was having this conversation with them yesterday. They were just playing devil's advocate. They weren't actually saying boxing should be banned, but the risks that come with it. Um, and, you know, the, the two deaths that have come in the space of seven days uh, worldwide in the sport. You know, you're just saying the amount of good that comes out of it, the amount of kids that is getting into gyms, the amount of kids it's keeping off the streets, the amount of stories you hear of people that were in trouble, had growing up problems, you know, were in gangs, you know, in homes, getting locked up, this, that, and the other, and all the good that the sport does in giving guidance and direction and discipline to to young people that need it. Like, I can't stand that argument it should be banned because people die in rugby matches. People die cycling. People die driving their car. People die in airplane crashes. And there were more people that die doing all those things. Now, I realise it's not a per capita ratio, like how many people are participating in boxing against driving a car. Um, But look, these things happen. And everyone knows the risk when they get into the ring. Um, And I thought it was just good of Morris Hooker, as much as I've just said I don't like watching him. I do like him as a person. And the fact that he acknowledged after that, you know, the ref has a tough job and the fact that the ref had kept him safe in that ring and hadn't let him take any unneeded punishment and had jumped in to stop Ramirez doing any more. Uh, I thought it was just a really good touch of him just to do that after the fight. Yeah, I guess it's um, a case of what risk you're willing to take on. Now, I realise that there are certain things that as a as a culture or society, we try to mitigate against the risk to the individual in every situation yeah Uh, yeah Uh, well i I get that i suppose that's true like for example motorcyclists yeah they're always you know if they're not wearing a helmet they're going to be in trouble with the police and so yeah they're although interestingly um one of our friends lives out in america and in the state of michigan they brought in a law that you've got to wear motorcycle helmets they then revoked that law because it was unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Do you, what you want, lads. It, does it really matter? It's, it's more, the liberty of the individual is more important in that respect. So, but in but when you look at something like my, motorcycling or you know whatever, uh, like you say, there's so many accidents on the road. You don't ban them. You just try and mitigate against it, and that comes back to what we talked about before with like. Um, the, the extreme weight dropping and the and the yeah the check weights that you have before a fight to try and make sure fighters aren't crashing that weight with exactly. twenty four hours to and go and like the the correct level of hydration when f- 
uh, when yeah. boxers walk drug testing. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> Go back to that one. Um, <laughs> so, are you finished with Ramirez Hooker? Yeah, yeah. I did watch Javonta Davis Nunez because you sent it to me. You watched it because it was five minutes. Correct. Um, <laughs> what do you reckon? We've seen Javonta Davis. Yeah. Um, With David McGinley. Shout out David McGinley. <clears throat> I, I really love watching Javonta Davis box. Not to the point where I'll get up in the morning and watch it or, you know, that. You but know. you'll go out your way to watch him when you're awake, not when you're asleep. Let's put it this way. He's in that middle ground. I've got fighters who I will get up at stupid o'clock in the morning to watch. Tyson Fury. Correct. Uh, there's fighters that I just won't even... I don't even know their names. 99% of boxers. <laughs> and then somewhere in the middle... <laughs> Javonta Davis is in a very unique position. It's like, a, it's like, like a sandwich where someone's cut the bottom slice of bread so unbelievably thick. <laughs> and then like a really wafer-thin filling and a wafer thin top layer. I'd eat that game on Tesco yeah yeah for free yeah yeah um, only on a hundred pound plus shop obviously you don't want to be a thief no I've got morals about it yeah uh, ethical stealing <laughs> ethical <laughs> so yeah anyway John said Davis is one of those where I w- I was happy to pay to go and watch it was part of the reason that it sold me to that event um, Terry was happy to pay £10 for two seats. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> we have covered it before, but I remember we I can't remember how much our tickets were, about 18 quid or something, weren't they? No, we but, bought them like legitimately. I know in we advance. did, but how much were they each? I don't know, 40, 50, 60. Oh, okay. I don't know, something around that. <laughs> and then um, Terry waited until we were, what, 100 metres from the venue? And then yeah. some guy came up to him and said, Do you want a ticket, mate? And he was like, uh, yeah, how much are you doing it for? It's like a tenner. And then he was like, do you want, how many do you want? And Terry was like, I only want one. He's like, do you want two? <laughs> Same price. <laughs> what? He like, was so excuse, mad. Yeah, you know, I felt like saying to him, excuse me, mate, will you give me 50 quid to recoup me for my ticket? And so Terry like bowls in with two tickets, <laughs> ne- unnecessarily. And not only that, but then like, because the place was half empty, he just walked down to the front pretty much. Oh, yeah, much that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sat in like, I don't know, the 100, 150 quid ticket. Unbelievable. Why not? Those blokes had got theirs for 20 quid outside as well, so they didn't care. <laughs> for um, a row. <laughs> yeah, we were the only mugs that paid. So, um, yeah, look, this is an absolute, I haven't sat down and thought this out, but Javon Davis is one of those boxers that I like to watch in certain fights that are worth watching. This this is one of those fights I didn't deem to be worth watching. Did you know it was on? No. No. So, there you go. But I feel as I would have done had it have been within that realm of fights that I would have deemed worth watching. I.e., <laughs> I don't know, really. You hypothetically might have watched it if you'd have hypothetically known it was on. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. Said the host of New Age Boxing Podcast. <laughs> That still makes me laugh, that iTunes review that we've got. I think it's the first one on there as well. Didn't even know who Dan Jacobs was. He still doesn't know. He still has no idea to this day. (laughs) To this day. Uh, So, yeah, I thought... um, Well, okay, I'll be completely honest with you. I watched Javonta Davis flying at this, grabs his notes, Ricardo Nunes. The first thing I think to myself is, I, I honestly couldn't tell you 
what is the supposed class difference between these two boxes? Same as if I didn't know anything about Tyson Fury versus Schwartz, maybe you couldn't you what you couldn't stand there and, and legitimately go, wow, Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight on the planet after that, because you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Yeah. But so I, I there was a part of me that thought, right. I am aware that I don't know what's happening. Uh, I don't know how good this Ricardo Nunes is. But Javonta Davis is like, I don't know, it's like a pit bull just going, just just like, just flying out. And he's a bully, isn't he? He's a what, bully. Yeah, that's what I like watching about him. The way that, but I, I, it's, it's, ever since the first time I saw him, it's the amount of spite that he has in I every know. punch. It just seems to like, he flies over and at about the halfway point of his punch, it just seems to pick up twice as much speed and it just, every punch seems to just snap every time. So that's what it's I horrible, find interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you're that Nunes. Horribly good. Because <laughs> that Nunes is what, three, four inches taller than Davis? has that longer reach. In theory, should be able to kind of box. And for the first round, nothing really that much happened. Like Davis, I think what was quite clever, Davis was working the body quite often. Um, and so he'd, he'd go for the jab upstairs, then to the body, and then the right hand up top. But he was continually going back to the body of, of Nunes. And I think that just it opened up opportunities because new as you say every punch that davis throws is thrown with spite whether yeah. it's a jab or a right hand every single punch and so i think he'd started to make nunez quite conscious of the body work that opened the opportunities for the ending that we saw but i mean even the fucking what set it up at the beginning that left hand that finished started the finishing sequence it's by rights they shouldn't have got that much power a little dude, a super featherweight that can hit with that much power from there. It's, it, it's mad. And here's a question for you, though. Nunes looks like he's out of it. Like about two times yeah. before the very end when the ref steps in. I guess my question would be, how out of it have you got to be before the ref steps in? Is it entirely subjective? Uh, he's, his head gets snapped back. It's a sickening snapback. He brings his hands up. So I guess you could you have to say that like he's, he's defending, defending himself. himself. But is that it? Is that the key aspect? Um, it is to start with. You've got to be able to defend yourself. But if you're then taking punishment that's unnecessary and you haven't got any chance of coming back and it doesn't look like it's going to stop... like. I suppose if you think of it as being like on a <clears throat> on a chart of some sort, you've probably got risk down one side and opportunity to come back, you know, right, okay, down yeah. the bottom. And you've got to draw that line somewhere through the middle that says, you know, give him a good opportunity to come back into this fight, but don't let the risk get into that that red zone at the end. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think Nunes was, he was allowed to take too much punishment, but it's... <sighs> Like, I think people would always say you want them to take one less than, you know, one too few rather than one too many. Um, but it's hitting that sweet spot in the middle as a referee. And it's a hard job. Um, and, you know, Morris Hooker, we were just saying about it, he came out and praised the referee for stopping him um, because it was at the right point. And I think maybe Nunes could have done with taking a couple less shots, but, you know, at least it didn't carry on post that. Yeah, I guess so. You see, because you see the beginning of the clip that he sent me, he's like, Javon Davis is already 
in pretty speedy form. He gets the head snap, he lands that shot. The left hand, he, the first one. He kicks off again, like he finds another gear and yeah. you're like, wow. I said to you, it's like I he's realized, in fast forward, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. It, I realise that he's a light, a light boxer, so it would make sense. He's that, a super feather. So it would make sense that he's quick, but he's just staggeringly quick. But quite often, boxers that are quick, if you look at someone like a Sonny Edwards, for instance, who's also a light, but a lot lighter, I think super fly. But they're lighter boxers. They might be quick, but they don't necessarily carry the power. And I think that's what makes Javonta Davis so exciting to watch, is that he's yeah, quick. That's true, yeah. And he's, as I said earlier, he's a bully. Like, he's looking to hunt you down and hurt you. And he knows he can hurt you. And he doesn't seem to have been damaged himself. Now, the biggest criticism would be he's not really fought anyone that's, that's yeah. a big risk to him. As yet, I mean, he's had 22 fights, 21 knockouts. Who did he fight when we went to watch him? Uh, uh, what was his name? Ryan Walsh. Right. Um, I think it was Ryan. Wonderwall. I'm sure it was Ryan. Um, so, yeah, you want to see him now start to look at unifications. I know he was talking about the Lomachenko fight, but Lomachenko's gone up to lightweight nowadays and taken on Luke Campbell. So, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But Davis isn't active enough. He's... You know, he's one of these fighters that fights like twice a year, which why? when you're only fighting fights that are lasting like two or three or four rounds, yeah. why are you only doing it twice a why year? Why has he got such a... Why does he do that? And then, I mean, I realise that he's in the headlines for other reasons at times. Yes. But what, why doesn't he... At the beginning of his career, so to speak, why isn't he... Make hay. Yeah, making an, a name for himself. In, especially when you've got to counteract the other things that he occasionally peers for. Yeah, so he quite often is vocal to a point on like Twitter of saying that the system works against him. So whether that's his promoter, and I think he still works with Floyd Mayweather as like his initial promoter, but he's under the PBC banner. Um, but I think he wants to fight more. It's just the opportunities aren't there for him to do so. Um, but then you don't know the background to that, do you? Like, is it because he's asking for $5 million a fight and his promoters say no chance or whatever? Yeah. You don't know. Um, but you want to see him fight more. You want to see him be as active as possible and you want to see him just progress his career in meaningful fights. And last night, it was a mandatory, so I had to get it out of the way. But now you really want to see him, you know, just tear up that division or move up. Well, I was about to ask you, I realised I'm putting you on the spot here and I don't know if there is an answer you can give me for this, but how far could he move up? Not very far. He's so small, like compact. Um, he's always going to look small as a super featherweight. Yeah. I don't think he should be going any higher than that, really. Um, I don't think it would benefit him. Like as a lightweight, if you think of someone like a Luke Campbell, the size of a Luke Campbell. Yeah. Um, Lomachenko's small and he's gone up, but Lomachenko's a different animal. Like you're not going to be able to bully lightweights necessarily, unless he can, unless he's doing it in the gym, and we get to see him do that. Um, but you know, he's had trouble with the weight before at super feather. Um, so don't be surprised when he moves or if he moves up in time but I don't think it's advisable yet uh, we're likely to see him over in England at any time anytime soon is there anyone no worth there's no fighting? reason for him to come back for um, mm. you know he must have got paid handsomely last time he came over because that place was so full of <laughs> <laughs> people like Terry who'd two for one at ten pound <laughs> we got incredible value from all the touts that bought our tickets <laughs> um Okay, then there's... Well, thanks for listening, everyone. There's nothing else to talk about. There's nothing has happened in boxing this week. 
that is worth Do us discussing. Do you want to cover Huey Fury first? Before what? <laughs> um, before just wrapping up, basically. Any other business? I've retired it last week, but I'm bringing it back now. This is that foreplay, isn't it? Just before she, she won't put her hand down. This your is like pants. edging. This is like edging. edging. <laughs> <laughs> We're edging, edging Dillian White. <laughs> After his week, that's the last thing he needs. Probably needs it, to be fair. Kind <laughs> of shocker. Absolutely shocker. So, Huey Fury, this is the, the news. Can, we, can or, we do Huey Fury after? If you like. Mm. In that case. There's a reason for that. Dillian White. Cleared to fight with Dillian White. And that is the new, that is the new show that, we're, that, is, that we've finally decided to settle on as our first New Age Boxing as our pilot. TV show. Net, the New Age Boxing Network. Yep. First program. Yeah, on the on the network. Don't know when it's going to happen, but and it'll be a fascinating view as well. You hear about experts and B samples and right. I think the most logical way to start with this is so in a roundabout way, there or thereabouts, because I haven't pre warned you of this. Can we can we give some sort of timeline of what has happened over the last week? We can, as vaguely as I can do it. And what's crazy is, you say the last week, and it feels like it's been the last week. It's not. Oh, really? <laughs> so this came out on the 24th, and we're on the 28th today. So it's only four days ago. Oh. And it was like it late. Like it was like Monday or something. I know. And it was late at night as well. It was like, so it about, I don't know, ah, 10 so o'clock or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxing scene run a story by Thomas Hauser. So for those of you that don't know Thomas Hauser... He is a lawyer by trade. Um, he's an expert in drugs. He's seen as a bit of a, um, a renegade. So there are some that will try and besmirch what he says. Spencer Fearon. Um, <laughs> as being a bit of a renegade. But what he doesn't know about drugs in boxing probably isn't worth knowing about. He's that type like he broke stories back in the day about floyd mayweather using iv drips and having tues um so he he was the one that broke those stories and talked about it first which turned out to be true he comes out on the 24th which is thursday Uh, wednesday well i don't know what type what's is it i think it's thursday yes thursday but does that mean it's was it Thursday morning, 10 past 12? No, it was or? Wednesday. Right, so it's like late at night. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, so there's a story published on Boxing Scene, which is a, a very popular website by Thomas Hauser about um, Dillian White. And he's, you know, failed a drugs test. And this catches like wildfire. It spreads. <clears throat> um, and I think most people, me included, and I think you as well, from what we're discussing, thought this will just get swept. This yeah. will be the AJ... Um, the black superior black race. Black superior race kind of thing. This will, in some way, just get knocked on the head and we won't really have anything to discuss on Sunday. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Fast forward a few days and 
We still haven't got anything to discuss because no one knows anything. <laughs> well, I mean, so, even if you go back to Tyson Fury with his questionable... Um, Nandrolone. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what was it? Uncastrated boar meat that he decided that he'd eaten and that was what... That never received as much explosive uh, attention as this has. So it... I. Both at the time, as you alluded to there, and you're quite correct in thinking, I just kind of when I I got a message through, and I can't, it must have been you or Terry or whatever sent it through to me at whatever it was o'clock. I just thought, well, whatever, this will this will be nothing by midday. Yeah. So I kind of just let it go over my head. I was both surprised that it didn't, and then I was surprised at just how much it had exploded when it did. Not because it isn't worth talking about, but. The, whether it's worth talking about doesn't seem to matter when it comes to boxing sometimes. It just gets, it, it just sort of either becomes a story or even if it's worth talking about, it just fades into obscurity. So, yeah. sorry, yeah. <clears throat> so by the 25th, so the day after, Rob Tebbett, he of, you know, this village. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say his name on here anymore. I'm not sure what the rules are. Hey, until this season is over, we just maintain neutrality. But as soon as this season's over, we go back to being a welcoming, friendly podcast <laughs> as of um, September. So Rob gets an interview with Thomas Hauser, the man himself, and asks him numerous questions. It's quite um, interesting. So he's explaining that, look, both of these fighters are on VADA testing. It's neither that have been caught by VADA, but it's UCAD um, that have found um something wrong with the drugs test that's a long and short there was far more detail and it was far better than that i'm just i'm watering it down somewhat okay um and then a story comes out that it's diana bowl that dillian white has failed on it's two really long names that i haven't got a clue what they are um that are found so none of this is confirmed these are just stories that have come out um but you know they start to gather more and more credence Hearn then comes out and does an interview. You know, finally break the silence. Let's, you know, let's find out what this is about. Has he failed a drugs test? That's what we need to know. And we get nothing. We get nothing, really. It's Andrew McCart, whatever his name is, at IFL. Um, and I'm sure IFL would have preferred Coogan to be over in America with Hearn. But, you know, they were over there covering this Ramirez hooker fight. They didn't realize this would kick off, you suspect. Um, and so, you know, they didn't have their, their big gun over there sorting it out. So Andrew does this interview and there's no real answers. And what you hear a lot of is I can't say anything because of there being a legal case around it. And I'm probably saying too much. And look, the gist of it is Dillian White was cleared to fight on the night. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. And it's all right. I'm out. Um, (laughs) So look, Dillian White was cleared. Um, He didn't tell us that he's failed a drugs test or hasn't failed a drugs test. There was no clarification around that. And it wasn't pushed for as an answer. Um, But look, whatever it was, there was a hearing hours before the fight and everyone cleared it and he was cleared to fight and it went ahead. That's kind of what we then found out. That was the the long and short of a 20-minute interview. That was the answer. Not 
I say there was no clarification as to had he failed a drugs test. If so, mm. what had he failed for? Is there an issue with the you know B side? Any of that stuff? Um. Then Dillian, he says Dillian White will be making a statement within 24 hours about this. That's right. Dillian tweets something, basically to say, I'm really pissed off about all of this. Can't say anything more at the moment. You know, like, and just basically fist shaking. So Yeah, yeah. there's various bits within this that we haven't even covered. So Oscar Rivas, his opponent from last Saturday, the lost, it is found out, was not made aware until Thomas Hauser broke this story that Dillian White had apparently failed a drugs test. So, you know, they've... If we're going on the basis that Dillian White has failed a drugs test, let's start with that as a provision. I'm not saying it's the case because we don't know, but let's... But let's hypothetically go with that. Let's go with that for now. They have this hearing, and whatever the hearing says, and from all accounts, it seems to be that that would have been UCAD, and then the board have signed off the fight, and it went ahead. Whatever the outcome of that was, Rivas's team were not aware that there was a, you know, if we're saying hypothetically White had failed a drugs test, Rivas's team were not made aware that they were about to step into the ring with someone who may have failed a drugs test. Like, why didn't you tell us? Well, those blokes over there said it was all right. Exactly. So <laughs> you're then becoming like a victim of process. And if the process says, okay, if someone fails a drugs test, you need a B sample to confirm the A sample. But we're not going to be able to get the B sample done because there wasn't enough time to have both of them assessed. And so therefore, without having both of them, we can't stop the fight from happening. This is what may have happened. I've, I've no idea. But if they're saying, look, we can't confirm the A and the B sample in time, and so the process says the fight goes ahead. <sighs> Do you know what? The, like the whole the drug, the anti-drug administration, full stop, does not help itself, does it? Yeah. Like if it was, if it was slicker, if it was allow people to get immediate answers, then you would have more faith in it. The fact that they can. They can declare. I, I I accept that they didn't come out and uh, tell everyone themselves. But the moment that this thing happens, as a sportsman, if I was, let's say I've tested positive for whatever drug, I'd want to. I'd, I'd be like, oh, you know, hi, Mr. White. Yeah, you've uh, tested positive. Right. Well, what does my B sample say? Oh, we haven't tested that yet. Our B sample labs up in Scotland. We just keep all the stuff in there. Well, where's your other testing lab? Down in Bristol. Why are you not testing them together? Why can I not get a definitive answer? Why not? Well, we've tested your A sample and that's come back negative. So tune in next week for the B sample. Like, it's Agreed. not a cliffhanger system. I want to fucking know. And if your system isn't good enough to be able to definitively say that an A sample is therefore cheating and you need a B sample, or if, you know, through a process of of uh, assessing the system, you've gone, okay, well, it's only fair to take two samples. I, I I am puzzled as to where they get this B sample from. But whatever this B sample is, test them at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. Or test them within 24 hours of each other. Or whatever it is. Anyway, that's enough of a rant. No, but you're right. And 
so what we have to surmise from is that there was a hearing. We know there was a hearing because Hearn told us there was a hearing. So something has happened that caused a hearing. You don't have a hearing yeah, about nothing. True. You don't have a hearing just because it's Saturday afternoon and you've got to fight in a few hours. You have a hearing because something has happened. Well, and if anything, to corroborate that, there's also legal action that stops him from talking about stuff as well, which you don't tend to get legal stuff happening without anything happening. <laughs> and now flip it. If on Michelle, I think his name is, who's Rivas's promoter, based out in Canada... Spencer Fearon did an interview on IFL saying, oh, allegedly, um, you know, I've heard from a very reliable source, Oscar Rivas has failed a test. It's like, wait a minute. No one else is saying this. No one. And Spencer's gone on IFL and just dropped this in an interview. And so somebody tweeted Rivas's promoter, Yvonne, Saying, you know, well, there's this story that Yvonne's failed a drugs test. He just tweeted back. Revas. So, yes, yeah. Um, he just tweeted back, like, categorically, no. Like, he hasn't. There is nothing. This is rubbish. This is garbage. That's not what Eddie Hearn's come out with. Eddie Hearn's come out with, he was cleared to fight. The experts said it was okay. There was a hearing. He was cleared to fight. At no point is it exonerating. It's just saying the process said he is cleared to fight. Now, there there are so many potential theories that could go along with this. One would be, <laughs> hypothetically, one could be, you know, you turn up for this hearing, and if it is that it's a failed A sample, the hearing might say, you can't fight because you failed on your A sample. And then you would, you know, if I was Hearn's lawyers, if I was Matchroom's lawyers, I would say, Show me the B sample result. And they say, well, we haven't got that back yet. But the A sample is high enough to say this fight shouldn't go ahead. And if I'm Hearn's lawyers at that point, I would say, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Because the process says, without the two samples, you can't corroborate them. And you're telling me that this fight is worth however much money tonight. I don't know, say... um, Five million in purses the pay-per-view money, the ticket money, the O2, uh, you know, you've got to hire the O2. All of that money, and you're telling me that you can't, and you haven't got the evidence to say there is actually a problem. All you've got is 50% of the evidence. Yeah, I'd imagine they would be sat there saying, if you call this fight off, I'm going to sue you for every single penny that is going to be generated from this. <laughs> and we've seen with you, Cat. Uh, hold on a second. Why didn't we test the B-sample? <laughs> Because we're dickheads. Uh, yeah, sorry, we'll get back to you. <laughs> but do you know what? If I'm Matchroom's lawyers, that's exactly the approach I would be taking, is saying, cool, you go ahead and turn this off. I sue you for all of that money. And you, you cut, like, there are practices that we either hypothetically talk about or we see happening with, with Hearn or Warren or whatever, and we have cursed them or... When the mics are turned off, we curse them or, you know, whatever it is, we, we call, try and call them out for their shit in the way that they deal with things sometimes. That you cannot argue with. Like, if somebody comes up and gives you half the evidence, well, like, like I'm with your kids, for example. Dad, I can't find my ex. Well, have you looked Shoes. in the obvious place? No. Cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you coming to me then? Like, therefore, I can't go to the... Why? My stepdaughter looked all around the bottom of the house, went up to her bedroom and came back down, couldn't find her shoes. They were in the shoe cupboard. (laughs) 
They were in the shoe, <laughs> literally in a cupboard for shoes. And it's just insane. Like, right, we've got this sample. Well, um, you know, I'm not an expert, mate, but don't you have a B sample? Well, you haven't tested that yet. Why? What the fuck? Yeah. So, look, if you're looking at it from a financial perspective, let's start there. That's how I would be approaching it. If I'm Matchroom's lawyers, if that's the scenario. But we don't know that's the scenario because nobody's told us information. Yeah. So we're filling voids well, that have been I, left. I suppose what we do know is that it, whatever it was, it wasn't a definitive 100% fail. How, how no, could it possibly no, no, be no. that? I, yeah, okay, we don't know that as a fact. We can take an educated guess because why is yeah. there a hearing? Yeah, but if it was a definitive 100% fail, wouldn't they have the... Um, then they would have... Be able to say, when I call the fart off, is... Give is, me the B sample. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If it failed the B sample... We, do we but def- we don't know. Do we definitely know he's not failed the B sample as well? We don't definitely know he's not... <laughs> we don't know he's failed the A sample. Nobody's confirmed it. Yeah. Oh, what I meant was, we definitely know whatever happened, that he hasn't failed an A and a B sample. We don't know that. No. We don't God. know it. And 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 what we do know is that in the past, maybe another boxer has failed a drug test and then essentially just sat on the sidelines for an, an indeterminate amount of time yeah, and have. threatened legal action to the point where, in the end, the authorities have gone... Whatever, look, take a retrospective ban and whatever. We'll Just don't shake sue hands us. and walk away. Yeah. And from what we understood from when that happened is that you don't have the deepest pockets in the world to yeah. fight these cases. So if I turn up with my, if I fucking lawyer up and I've got ten of them behind me and I say, "Cool, you go ahead and and cancel tonight," and I will sue you for every yeah. penny that that's worth. It doesn't matter if you failed the A, B, C, D, exactly. E samples. Unless you can prove it right now. If you tell me in a week that he's failed the B sample, still the process of the A sample failing alone would give me enough to sue the fuck out of you for cancelling this event. Okay, so then that brings us to... Well, now we look, we've looked at the situation. Everyone excluding Rivas knows about it so right. the board know UCAD know Hearn knows hypothetically knows. hypothetically because we don't know but that's yeah, what well, we led, actually don't know that's what we're led to understand yeah from the sort of <laughs> if you if you stitch all the pieces together <laughs> yeah. from yeah this Frankenstein of a story so then at this point in this hypothetical situation um Rivas doesn't know gets he, in the ring he has a fight loses well, I suppose you could say, like, there is an there is a certain narrow margin of victory. Would you say? Yeah. Like, and then, and then he finds out through this Frankenstein stitching together story. Well, through Thomas Hauser breaking it on well, boxing that's, scene. That's how they found out. So you'd have every right at that point to go, "What the fuck? Are you for real? <laughs> yeah. Are you for real? Like, and I don't care if that if we're saying there is a." a ping on the test, if that ping is 0.01 or if that ping is 50,000, you've still got a duty of care to that opponent to tell them that there's a potential issue. Whether they choose to go ahead of it or not at that point, it's down to them. And if it's 0.001, 
they're probably going to go, yeah, all right, cool, glove me up. If it's 50,000, they're probably going to walk away because there'll be a contract stipulation somewhere that says both of these two are to undergo drug testing and, you know, should they fail, they are contractually liable for the other person's, um, whatever it is, purses, training camp, expenses, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there will be something like that if anyone's sensible. Um, So you would leave it then in the hands of Rivas to make that decision. But he's in the dark about all of this until boxing scene write about it. Like, what kind of fuck-up of a sport is this? Like, what kind of stupid shit-fest of a sport allows that to happen? Like, absolute Wild West bellendery of a sport (laughs) that allows one member... 50% 50% of the fucking participants to walk in a ring unbeknown that there may be a problem. There may be something going on on the other side of the ring. Where's the duty of care? Where? Okay, let's reverse it. Rivas gets pinged. He has a secret hearing. Oh, you know he's in an isolated lockup in Antarctica already. At this case. <laughs> and he's being sued by every single exactly. legal authority in the land. But okay, let's re- yeah, but let's take this through. Anyway. Rebas gets pinged. He has a secret hearing with UCAD who don't <laughs> who tell the British Boxing Board of Control, but don't tell Eddie Hearn about oh, it. Oh mate. And he goes out and beats Dillian White, and then a few days down the line someone comes out with a story that Rivas was cheating. Potentially. Potentially. Well, it yeah. wouldn't even matter. Even if that, what I suppose what I'm getting at is it wouldn't even matter if, like you say, it was the same situation as now and there was no concrete evidence. You know that it'd be t- being talked like, like it was evidence. Of course it would. You would have Johnny <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> You'd have Spencer Fearon. You'd have Hearn. You'd have Macklin, Frotch, Bellew. Bellew's gone silent. This man can't stand drug cheats. He's too angry to type, I suspect. Oh, yeah, his fingers are burning holes in his phone. Now, what I'm conscious of here is I don't want to chuck Dillian White under the bus just yet. If it turns out that he's done something wrong, cool, we'll throw him under the bus for it. Yeah. But we don't know right now. Which I think we've made evidently clear. I mean, frankly, I've no... At times in the past, I've heard people that are potentially drug cheated and there has been a part of me that's been like, yes, dickhead. But Dillian White really isn't like that. I don't want him. I don't want him to have failed. No, I don't want him to either. So not only do we not know, and and I think we've tried to present it as fairly and partially as possible, look, Hands up! I am. I do actually want him to come clean. Yeah, I want. I want the result to be a screw up, and the, if there is a B sample yeah. because an A sample's failed, I want that B sample to negate what the A. Yeah, and exonerate him. Yeah. Now, percentage-wise, that doesn't happen. B samples, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, come back and corroborate the A sample. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I won't ask you, but I can't actually think of any B samples that have got. Oh. No. Yeah. No, I. I read somewhere the other day, and I didn't research it properly, but I was reading into a bit of it, that there has never in boxing been a B sample that comes back and is different. A friend of this parish was explaining the other day about how um, testing methods may have changed. And actually, if there is something that was in a system, it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody was taking it for this fight, or even the fight before, the fight before. 
but may have taken something long in, in the past. And um, This is to do with fat cells, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's still stored within the fat cells and something, you know, the, he trained or whatever and maybe something had pinged on a system of such low amounts that that's why it doesn't come up on a VADA one, but it comes up on a UCAD one. Oh, multiple I can't explain it as well as, as friends may do um, but yeah I think if you've taken those samples at the same time there's a fair chance an A and a B are going to come back the same um, but yeah as, uh, what what really does bother me is the reverse side of it is that how can you let a man go into a ring and do that yeah. If, if we're saying, and we have to keep reiterating this, don't we? If we're saying the A sample is the problem, no matter how small, because it's a strict liability thing. So when we're talking about if it's Dianabol, and by my understanding, Dianabol as a synthetic anabolic steroid can't accidentally end up in your system. You either have it from something that you've taken or you don't. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm getting this information sort of from the same sort of places you've got it from, which, and, and my understanding of it is that it that it can't be used, you couldn't have a TUE for it, for example. There's, this has no other use other than performance enhancement. Yeah, developed, from my Specific. understanding, specifically to make you, whatever it is, bigger, faster, stronger, yeah. quicker. Um, but there is no medical use for yeah. it outside of trying to enhance your performances, which is why it's not allowed. Um, there is no TUE exemption. Um, of course, TUE has exemption in it, so don't go and word that out. Therapeutic <laughs> use exemption exemption. <laughs> Double positive. Um, there is no use for it outside of trying to enhance your performances. So you don't accidentally end up with it. You know, like you might have a certain level of the other things they're testing for naturally within your system. You don't have that. If that's what it is, if that's what we're talking about. But we don't know what we're talking about still because... But even if we don't know any of that, what we do know is there was a hearing. Yes. And what we do know is that Rivas didn't know there was a hearing. And we do know there was somebody cleared. Cleared of what? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what someone was cleared <laughs> Because if you don't, you end up with bellends like us on podcasts having to go, if he's failed a drugs test, yeah. if there's a problem with the A sample, if there's no B sample, just be a little bit more transparent about what's going yeah. on. Because you're fucking transparent, Eddie, when it comes to, you know, telling us how much Joshua may or may not have been offered or what you think you're going to offer these fighters or when Jarrell Miller fails a drugs test and you're willing to list every single thing that he possibly might have failed on. You're willing to be transparent about that. <laughs> But when the roles are reversed, it's suddenly like, nah, there's legal situations. We can't. Here. I couldn't. Massive legal situations. Like. Yeah, I'm an ethical guy. And uh, the, the last thing I want to do is break trust. Yeah. So just what a shitty sport. What an absolute disaster that, area. A plane crash. What I would say is at least, at least drug testing is happening and some people are getting pinged because it well on the assumption they are but uh, uh, even if you just take uh, take this situation out of it because and i realize it's just my opinion but there are several sports at the moment which you don't 
drugs aren't even spoken about and a hundred percent is happening. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> when you hear promoters, etc., the world level fighters talking about um drug testing in the sport and it's great that people get caught and VADA 365 testing is the flagship. There is not one boxer officially signed up to 365 testing with VADA. Oh, really? There's not one. Now, they might be on the clean boxing program, but it's not the same thing. The difference is being... Clean boxing program is in and out of camp stuff. 365 is 365. Right. Okay. Now, given that... Okay, if we say, right, clean boxing program, cool. In that Thomas Hauser interview with Rob Tebbert, he stated the WBC, which is, you know, pushing this clean boxing program, they give $10,000 per month for VADA to test all of the fighters in their program. So have a guess how much that works out as per fighter. Because you don't know how many fighters are in it, right? No, but ten thousand dollars per month gets put in by WBC for their clean, clean boxing program. This this is a program that is aiming to to exonerate them entirely from any drug yep, suspicion. It is designed to kill drug taking in sport in boxing because you're signed up. to There's the no clean... suspicion because all their box is going to be clean because they're part of this program. Yeah, so they'd want to invest clean, in it heavily. Clean boxing. Okay, ten thousand so... dollars per month. A month. How much would a drug test cost? It's, I, so, no, I'm, how much does that work out as per fighter? I re- I, yeah, I'm trying to think of what you would be... If you Just were go- give me a figure. $120. 40 $40 okay. per month per fighter. Now, doesn't, that doesn't seem to me like enough for a drugs test. I don't know how much a drugs test costs, but I'm guessing it's more than 40 quid. Because if I went to a private NHS um, doctor and said I need my bloods doing... And that's not to test for drugs. It's just to get, like, what are my vitamin levels or whatever. That's just a very basic one. That's more than £40. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, $40. It just isn't. It just isn't enough. Definitely, $40 per fighter per month. That's not enough money for research. That's not... Even if it was enough just to take your drug... Sorry, your drug. Take (laughs) your blood and test it. That isn't enough to enhance the research that isn't enough to take it forward yeah, yeah, yeah. um so it's such a, a tokenistic view of the clean boxing program is 40 dollars per fighter per month further to that there's the argument that why would white cheat you know like he's he's paying for the vada testing for this fight himself i believe it's like forty thousand pound was the argument he's paying for it himself so, Jarrell Miller signed up for the same testing. It doesn't matter who's paying for it. It doesn't matter if you're paying for it, your nan's paying for it. It doesn't matter who's paying for it. The fact is that you're signing up for it. Jarrell Miller signed up for it. He clearly thought he could beat the system. Like yeah. He wasn't bothered about signing that bit of paper that says, I'll do the testing. And now to fucking overrule all of that, it wasn't even Varda that caught the test. It was you, Cad. <laughs> so you've got this clean boxing program you've got this individual testing so this wasn't part of or it may have been labelled the clean boxing but we're told Dillian White has paid for the testing himself it was you Cad 
that have apparently found the problem. So for all of VADA being the flagship drug testing system that boxing is hanging its hat upon at $40 per fighter per month, they still failed. They still failed. It was UCAT that have apparently found the system. So this is where we're going to have the legal issues, you'd suspect, because if VADA didn't find it, but UCAD did, now you've got two drugs tests that may say different things. <laughs> so again, if you turn up for a hearing and you're already heard, and you've got one vial over here that has come out as a positive, but you've got the VADA one over here that's a negative, I'd be saying, well, your system's wrong. You tell me how you found it. The VADA haven't found it. Because if you can't tell me by tonight, that show's going ahead. And if you try and cancel it, I'm going to sue you for a shed load of money. Yeah, all right. We best tell Rivas anyway. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do Whoa, 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 whoa. Why would he need to know? He's going into fight. Uh, so, look, I feel... If Dillian White comes out of this as innocent man you've got a feel for him because the amount of mud that's been thrown his on his name you've got a feel for him if he comes out innocent and and that well i mean depending on which way he comes out innocent that's that massively discredits ucad then doesn't it do you not think if he comes out innocent if and it comes out UCAD Vada have also taken his sample and he's been seen to be innocent yeah, yeah, it would. That's a massive blow to Which UCAD's is why you've integrity. got to think UCAD are incredibly confident that they've got something here, <laughs> assuming this is what we're actually talking about, because yeah. we still don't know. Um, if that's what we're talking about, then you must assume UCAD have got all their ducks in a row before bringing this to the table. Yeah, because they, they would have been naive to think they wouldn't have leaked. Yeah. But again, what a wank system. I mean, it is. Whereby you can, if you're flagging somebody as failing a test, you can't stop that event going ahead. Now look over at the Australian swimmer that failed her drugs test for the world championship. You see her? She, uh, no. she failed a drugs test going into the world championship. She may have raced. The Australian team said, no, come home. This doesn't happen. Like, you're coming home. You're not taking part in that competition anymore. Because that's what a proper sport does. <laughs> because a proper sport, if they find somebody has got a problem, takes them out of the situation until that problem is resolved. Doesn't allow the problem to possibly end up... What if Oscar Rivas ended up in hospital after that fight? Fucking taken out of the O2. The worst case scenario. Take it to the worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now what? And now what? Then you find out within the week that actually the other person had an adverse finding. How on earth is that allowed to happen? My question is, do UCAD have the power to cancel an event? They have the power. So UCAD... <laughs> right, so this is how it works. You, the British Boxing Board of Control right. take their guidance from UCAD. So if UCAD come to them, which is their job, basically... To come to the British Boxing Board of Control and say, we've got this problem, you know, we, you need to know about this. Yeah. Then the board will take a look at that finding and take the guidance from UCAD to say, if this person has failed a drugs test, this is what the problem is, this is how far over they are, blah, blah, blah. And the board will then 
decide. But UCAD can ban that competitor from sports. It's if you look on the UCAD website, they've got a list of all the people. But the board will take their guidance and essentially suspend X fighter for it. So the so UCAD have presumably gone to the board. You would assume so. If and right, the board let's take let's let, let's take our hypothetical boxing match. Yeah. Boxing bo- uh, Johnny Greenpants has just failed his drug test, and uh, Johnny Fleshlight is 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 unaware. And he doesn't take drugs. He is as clean as a whistle. <laughs> there was flashlight and fleshlight, wasn't there? I like fleshlight better. <laughs> I reckon Fleshlight has been taking little blue pills to yeah. enhance his performance. Okay, so Fleshlight is the... In the ring. <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, just making him harder and harder. <laughs> to beat off. So Fleshlight has, has, has failed his drug test, yeah. And the so then UCAD have gone to the board and said, like, Fleshlight has pinged for this. Yeah. Why? So the board then, if I was the board, I'd be thinking, oh, okay. Right. I'd say, is this for, is this for definite? 100% sure. Because I would feel like I had a duty of care to both boxers to decide whether I was going to allow this show to go on or not. Yeah. So then I ask how confident this authority is. And presumably this authority then says, we're confident enough that we bothered coming to you in the first place. We're 50% sure. <laughs> we left the B sample at home. Exactly. Because, because why would we test that? You know, like, you could just imagine, uh, like, in my head at least, it's like a professor in dark at night looking under a microscope. He sees what he needs to see and then he just drops everything and runs to the boxing board of control. What? Oh, my God. Did you test the B sample? Oh, no. Shit, I forgot to do that. Like, well, go and do that before you come to me. But Can you then, do it by this afternoon? Nah, nah, nah. nah, nah. nah. Well, you know, I've got my lunch to have. and I've then got a big shop at Tesco. So, so then my question is, if they're not confident enough, I, I have to assume that they are confident enough, right? Because otherwise, what would you have a hearing? So, and I'm presuming the Boxing Board of Control are wanting a hearing with Johnny Fleshlight to find out what the fuck's going on. Do they call the hearing? probably I, 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 don't, so. I don't know you'd have thought the boxing board of control Again, would the, at least want to have a conversation in order for their they will care. be there you'd suspect even yeah. if they don't call right. it. let's have a conversation let's find out what's going on so then at that point they have the conversation you know Jerry Burns comes in and he says who's the promoter for Johnny Fleshlight and Jerry Burns says well, where's a B sample? A box of Porter Control go, well, we asked that. Well, I'd imagine Jerry Burns doesn't ask anything. I'd imagine Jerry Burns <laughs> has brought 15 of London's best lawyers along with him. And they're probably sat there saying, where's the B sample? Then the box of Porter Control go, yeah, we asked that. Turn to this one disheveled professor and go... Hasn't, it's just on coffee. Just And he, he's got his boot is full of his Tesco shop, and he's like, oh, yeah, I should have done the bee sample, so I didn't get around to that. Ice and, lolly's melting. Yeah. <laughs> so they say... So then, then he says... Jerry Burns says, well, I'm gonna, what are you going to do? So, so the, my question, therefore, is who does who would on earth would he then threaten to sue should he want to... I want to keep this fight going on? Well, if I was him... 
And look, purely from a financial business perspective, this is taking the human element out of it, of the consideration for the opponent. Purely, if I'm the man who's got the O2 booked, who's got 15,000 tickets sold and 350,000 pay-per-views sold for Flesh that light. night. <laughs> Fleshlight is a big draw. 500,000 pay-per-views sold. Mm. For that night, you're not talking a few days in advance where suddenly you could like blow a knee out and you've got to cancel the whole show. This is happening tonight. This is before the event. If I'm here, Great timing on their testing. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. Apparently, it happened like... It was maybe on the Wednesday or the Thursday this started to be reported. Like, that's when the result came back. The 17th, maybe. Um, but look, if I'm... If I'm the promoter in this scenario, I'm sat there going, the show goes on. Now... If you want to cancel it, one of you put your hand up and do it, and I'll see you in court on Monday. Right, so at that point, if I'm the Boxing Board of Control, I'm like, maybe I go, well, actually, UCAD haven't given me definitive proof that this this is a, a problem. Um, go and get your stuff in your fridge and do your, do your B sample. But when, fast forward, it all comes out down the line... Johnny Greenpants finds out that Johnny Fleshlight has been doping. If I was Johnny Greenpants, I would want to be... Where's Greenpants come from? Uh, he's the other guy. He's the he's the one that hasn't been. I thought that was Fleshlight. Oh, we Fleshlight and Flashlight. Fucking hell, I'm so confused. <laughs> I just thought Fleshlight and Flashlight would be too confusing. <sighs> Fleshlight was doping. His opponent, Johnny Greenpants, finds out four days later... I thought we find Flashlight. All right, Flashlight, whatever. He's wearing green trousers, so that's right. why. Wouldn't he sue the British Boxing Board of Control? This is where it's going to get interesting. This is where you suspect there's a fire pit. Because I'd want to be, if I was flashlight, I'd want to be suing the British Board of Control for not telling me that this hearing was going ahead on the assumption that they, you know, they were they had the hearing, and they were at the hearing. UCAD for having the hearing and not telling me it was going on. I'm assuming they have some sort of responsibility for that. And why is the promoter, which... how What's the relationship between Jerry Burns and Flashlight in this scenario? Who's Flashlight Green Pants. The Innocent Party. The Innocent Party. He, he's just got a contract with him, a one-off contract for would, one fight. In that contract, would there be some sort of duty of care to tell him if there was... I would suspect, based on the number of times I've heard the word process... In interviews this week, no. <laughs> because there is clearly a process that has to be followed. Because we've been told that there is. Well, I guess I'm what I'm what I'm driving at is I would be doing everything in my power to get the decision nullified because of said said you know said situation. There is clearly a process. That process needs to be looked at and addressed. Because you're right. Let's take it back to reality, because I've lost track with fleshlights and fleshlights. Yeah, I think most people have, to be fair. If I'm Oscar Rivas, and it turns out in time, if it turns out in time, Dillian White has failed an A and a B, and, you know, picks up a ban or whatever, I am suing the fuck out of everyone. I am laying everybody out of this. I'm laying the board out. I'm laying UCAD out. I'm laying Matchroom out. I'm taking everyone to town. 
duty of care. Where is it? Where is the duty of care to make sure that Oscar Rivas got out of that ring in a condition similar to what he went in? Now, if I'm all the other parties involved, I'm going to be chucking that ball over the fence at every opportunity. If I'm Hearn, I'm chucking it to the board saying, well, they're the ones that sanction the fight, not me. All I do is pay for the O2 and pay the purses. Like, it's not my decision, ultimately, whether the fight goes on or doesn't. If they'd have banned it, mate, I'd have called it off. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If they'd have banned it, I'd have called it off. But they didn't. He got clearance, so I put it on. That's my argument if I'm Hearn. If I'm the board... I'm saying UCAD couldn't give me definitive answers. So therefore, how can we ban it? You can't ban someone based on 99% accuracy. You need 100% accuracy. Like, as much as it might be logical to say if something's failed, fine, cancel it. But if there's a process, let's go back to that word process, and that process hasn't been completed to the nth degree, how can we ban someone? But this all then comes back to that B sample. If that's what the problem is, <laughs> which we still don't know. And if it was, if it was the problem, what a stupid thing to do to start to go forward with the thing in the first place. Because but if then you what get else the do you do? Well, if you get the news through, you think, right, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an expensive pill to swallow. But, well, and I'm guessing here, not as expensive as it will be to get sued for it afterwards. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Like, <laughs> other than test them all at once and come back with the results all at once. Nah. But if I'm UCAD here, I'm saying, look, my job is, as per these contracts we've got with people, to bring you back failed samples. We've done that. We've given you a failed sample. Now, whether there's a contract that exists between them and the board or them and the promoter or them and whoever it is that says you have to provide an A sample and within... 48 hours 24 hours a b sample i've no idea i don't know if that exists you'd think it probably would these things you know i work in business these things typically get ironed out in the detail yeah. in the contract by you the can lawyers. believe that as well and because there's been no precedent like they just go well it's not in 48 hours we deserve but within that 40 hour gap there's going to be a show well the show goes on exactly then. until now this happens in future contracts, there will be... And if there's a show in between that time, you know... That's it's of... almost like what we were saying with Joshua and Ruiz the other week about is there a problem with the contract there? We don't know, but why has it not been announced yet? Now, I'm sure... <laughs> I am sure there is a rematch clause within the Anthony Joshua first contract with Ruiz. Yeah, I think should... Hearn's confirmed that anyway. Yeah, yeah. should yeah. Anthony lose, these are the rematch terms. Now, you don't know if that contract works all the way through until you need it. Yeah. There might be a small, you know, because if I'm the other side of that, if I'm now on Ruiz's team and I've got that contract in hand and I'm legally obliged to do the rematch, I'm going to be going through that contract with the finest of tooth combs, trying to find the, the smallest of loopholes to turn the tables a bit and get them in my fighter's favour. Now, you don't know when you're writing that contract, you can't play it all out until it gets to that point that you need it. And so you're hoping at that point that everything is watertight. That's probably similar to what this scenario is, that you can't... Maybe there is something that says within 48 hours you've got to give the B sample, but it hasn't ever played out that you need that because there's a show tonight. Yeah. Or maybe they've got a week to bring the B sample. Whatever it is, but it all comes back... Look, 
Everyone is going to chuck that ball over the fence. If I'm Rivas, I'm going for everyone. I am two foot in the life out of everybody involved in this. I would be breaking people wherever possible because he's got every right to if there's a problem. If there's a problem, then... You've you got to argue, I suppose, that even if there isn't, he's got a point that he should have been told in the first place. Do you know, Hearn said like he didn't want to tell him because it was unfair to tell him on Rivas. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he was like, what look... What a dickhead! <laughs> assume, no. Assuming this goes ahead tonight, if we tell him, that could mentally like uh, unstable him, upset him. If we don't tell him, then he just goes into the fight focused. Yeah. It's unfair. It's really odd. Give a guy a chance to pull out. I'm pretty sure that was nah, his no argument. Point. It might upset him to pull out. I would hate to see him cry. <laughs> Happy to see him get laid out. But I just don't, <laughs> don't want to see him disappointed. <laughs> Madness. Yeah. So, I th- look. No one comes out of this looking good. That's the problem. Well... It Rebus. makes a sport look a joke. It does, it's yeah. run by clowns around different areas. If this, if this is as bad as what we're being, and the worst thing is, it. like, the worst thing is that, that's my license gone. By the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what we spoke about before. Hey, I didn't know. Call me up. Call me up to go and have my license, and because then I can turn up and have this meeting with you all and discuss what the fuck's happened. <laughs> <laughs> at least give me a chance to ask those. Um. As I spoke as I spoke about before with other sports, whilst you want to um, commend boxing for having this, even these questions to answer, yes, it's frustrating that the answers are left, uh, questions are left unanswered. Yes, it's frustrating that we don't have an instant rebuke or an instant exoneration, whatever those things may be. But the fact that it's even happening happening, and those questions are being raised, I, f- I feel like I want to commend the sport with. But unfortunately, when it's this much of a mess, it ends up making the sport look worse than those sports who aren't even, clearly aren't testing enough. Sports that are turning over literally billions and billions of pounds and they're not bothering to do it. Then they're just not. They're not testing hard enough. They're not. I don't even think that's up for debate. There are look, there's a close friend of mine that still is is unsure as to are we really sure that you know that there's that much doping in sport yeah. and I've had a lot of people come to me on uh, uh, direct messages or whatever sliding into my DMs um, asking for links to their podcast I mentioned before and I if there's anyone the out sport, that hasn't listened to it I compel you to do so it's the um, I've had the, many people ask me about it. Okay, so you have too. So the, is it the sports, the science in sport podcast, yes, right? Science in sport. And Look it's it up. Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker is Professor Ross Tucker. And it's is the brains on it. And it's the the other dude's good as well, but yeah, uh, it's but it is the drugs in sport episode. Now, right, I get it. You listen to it and you might say, well, that's just someone's opinion as well. There's only so much you can do to try and convince someone. So if you're one of those people that really doesn't want to hear it, then fair enough. And there'll always be those people that say, you know, X person hasn't failed a drugs test, so they're clean. Yeah. And yet 
you know, you can then always counter that with neither did Marion Jones, neither did Lance Armstrong. Yeah, and like that was Arms- Lance Armstrong's question uh, defense for a long time. Never failed have a drug test. Have you taken drugs? And his response was, "I've never failed a drugs test." Yeah, and then and then you hear about the you know the spectrum of how people have gone about passing drugs tests. You know, there's that Chinese swimmer, Sun. Yeah, the one that smashed his drugs test with a, a hammer. But um, what was that? That was the link you sent me, wasn't it? Yeah, which yeah. was like because basically he questioned. He the questioned the process. Have come to pick up his sample. Said you don't have the right val- like you don't have the credentials ID. on you. Yeah, so I'm gonna. So yeah. instead of allowing you to take these, I'm gonna smash them with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> what? And so <laughs> sorry, and you're hearing, gonna do what? And the hearing they went, well, look, everyone's everyone's had a part to play in this mess. And then just let him get on with it. Yeah, absolute bananas. And, you know, from that and from the stories of people that have gone to the toilet and there was a hole in the wall where they could pass their piss test out of and get given another one that was clean and then they take that back out and everything's fine. Like, from that rudimentary approach to doing it through to the, you know, the science of Lance Armstrong and co there are ways that people can pass drugs tests. To say somebody hasn't failed a drugs test doesn't necessarily mean they're clean. Cool. Doesn't necessarily mean they're guilty either. Be clear about that. We're not saying everybody's guilty. We're just saying it's a bigger problem than is identifiable by the stats. And if you're one of these people, like, what I, just one more thing, is that do you think that every single murderer in the UK has ever been caught? No. So by by that metric, not every single sportsman taking drugs has been caught. And to what extent they are taking drugs is is questionable. But the amount of people that have been caught in cycling, in athletics, in boxing, in comparison to rugby, football, <laughs> tennis, like you makes you think, wow, I wonder why it's only specifically boxing, athletics, and cycling which gets so hammered. Uh, yeah, so that's my piece said. Oh, it fucking annoys me. Yeah. But I mean, you look at the TUE issue and um, there was the other science and sport one. Have you listened to it where they talk to... Um, and again, go and listen to it. It's a, a good listen. It's not just about drugs, this one, but they talked to one of the doctors from the Tour de France teams. I didn't get all the way through the podcast. Okay, so though. like they talk about the algorithms of how you plan for a day on the Tour de France. So there's stuff like that. But there's also touching on the issue of drugs and TUE, so therapeutic use exemptions. And he was saying about some doctors, because each team has their own doctors, so it's quite handy. Uh, And some, like his principles were, you don't give out TUEs to riders. So basically, look, if you're a rider and you're unwell and you need to take something, and that something is going to put you over the threshold of what's legally allowed, and you would therefore fail a drugs test, then you shouldn't be on a bike trying to win the Tour de France. You should be recovering. <laughs> yeah. Right? Agreed. By every normal person's measurement of, like, reasonable... Yeah, so he was saying, therefore, I be can't, agreed. because my duty of care as a doctor is to look after your health, not make you win the Tour de France. <laughs> therefore, I can't sign this off because you should be recovering. You shouldn't be trying to win the Tour de France. <laughs> so he was saying he won't give out TUEs to people. Whereas other... He won't have a job for long. Well, yeah. <laughs> other team doctors will hand them out. And for some people, it's certain steroids that... You know, saddle sores and things that damage people when they're riding. Um, 
Which is a very common one by all accounts. What was that other stat? Was something like asthmatics in sport are like overrepresented by some massive amount. Yeah. And it's not like, wow, how do these asthmatics manage to get so good at sport? It's more the fact all these people in sport have then suddenly found out, oh, I'm borderline asthmatic. Better take some asthmatic uh, asthma and medication. Give me that Ventolin. Yeah, why Uh, not? (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going completely off. To it, but I know, but there are, there are lots of TUEs I, I that apologize. are issued. There are lots of TUEs that are issued to people in sport. Some may be legit, some may not. But going back to that doctor's argument, you shouldn't have one. Like, if you're training to be an elite athlete, you need to reach the highest levels. If you're unwell, be unwell. Don't try and train to be yeah. an elite athlete. There are loads of stories and loads of rumors about boxers that have TUEs in the UK. Because you don't need to declare it under UK rules. That isn't public knowledge. You can just get a TUE. If you find a friendly enough doctor that you can chuck a few hundred quid to, they'll write you a TUE that says, now, if your levels are elevated to X and it's above the threshold, that's cool. Because you've got this bit of paper that says why you've got it. I'm not going to do a Spencer Fear on and sit here and say names about it and start saying, oh, allegedly, so-and-so has it. Because that's not fair on those people. I, I, but there are names out there. So I apologise to people if they... I mean, if you're that bored, I tried to bring it back to boxing there at the end. Yeah. I, but for me, just to sort of wrap this part, to bookend it, if if you were annoyed at, say, the MP's expense scandal, when they were doing things, subversive things, in order to make the system work for them and make as much money out of the system as possible, then you have to be annoyed about sportsmen and women that are subverting the drug use, uh, the, 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 uh, subverting the drug testing in order to take as much money out of a sport as possible. You, you, you have to be. You have to be irritated. You have to be annoyed by can it. I, and you have to demand more for the testing to guarantee that it's not happening. Can I turn that around? As, well, not turn that around, but use a different way of putting it. You can't be upset that boxers die in the ring. You can't tweet RIP so-and-so when they die. You can't retweet their GoFundMe page if you don't get fucked off about boxers taking drugs. And I'm not saying Dillian White is taking drugs. I'm saying any boxer out there that's caught doing this kind of stuff. Because if you're allowing that to happen, I know you listening can't go out and start doing drugs tests on people, but if you're not offended by the fact that happens then you also can't be upset when someone dies because it's only a matter of time until someone who's been doing it in this in a scenario where they get caught on the Saturday afternoon, they go out and fight on the Saturday night because the processors are allowed to do it and they kill somebody in a ring. But we're not saying that every person that's ever been injured in the ring by someone else, that person... No, of course been, we're not. I'm just but, saying that if that scenario happens... Like, you can't advocate a clean sport and you can't be upset. You can't be upset about deaths in boxing and injuries in boxing if you're not upset... About something that could definitely cause those things. That can accelerate the chances of that happening. Yeah, 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 it's true. Absolutely, 100%. And it it frustrates the life out of me that really, as you just spoke, there's me, there's Martin, and as you listening... It doesn't matter how angry we get. It doesn't seem to matter because then they, collectively, the promoters, the boxers, the authorities, they're either too impotent or they're not listening. 
And unfortunately, it's only us that can make a difference. But it's only, only our opinion. And by voting with our feet and not watching drug cheats and whatnot, it's, the, it's only us that can make a difference to it. You suspect there are only two factors within this whole situation. One is a drug test and one is money. Those are the only two factors yeah. that come into consideration. How much money is someone going to lose if there's a problem with A? And how much money is somebody threatening to sue for or claim damages for if something doesn't happen because of A? And then on the back end of that, if I'm the one that feels wronged by it all, how much money am I going to get back from those that allowed it to happen because of A? That is so mad. It's 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 a so it's such mess. a cowboy wild west scenario that just makes a mockery of the whole thing. Uh, let's move on then, because that is one disproportionate amount of time. Uh, Huey Fury, Simon Matchroom, which on a week when you've got all these issues <laughs> around potential drug tests and no one's allowed to talk about, you f- fucking sign a man who's in the past <laughs> kind of served a ban we don't really know sketchy isn't it because we think he's failed a test all of the names of boxers that have failed drugs test on or serving bans on the UCAD website are redacted at the moment oh really every other sport I think bar one have got the names what they failed for how long they're banned for name what you failed for how long you're banned for Boxing has just got line. It won't tell you. Oh, that's mad. Yeah. Why? Don't know. <laughs> that is really odd and infuriating. Yep. Ah. Yep. So, again, anyway. just putting another cloud of mystery over the whole thing. But if you go on the UCAD website and look up all the current bands that are outstanding... Boxers don't have their names against them. So it has a sport. I suppose it's even more difficult to vote with your feet if you don't know who they are. Yeah. (laughs) How shitty. Um, Anyway, yeah, Huey Fury, look. If you think... If you... This is a real depressing one, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's frustrating. If you think boxing promoters or the people involved in it give a fuck about the safety of anyone in the sport or the morals that come with it, you're wrong. You're wrong. They care about the pounds that come with it. Because when you're in the middle of a shitstorm like this and then go, welcome Huey Fury. It's like, what? (laughs) Have you all got fucking 10 second memories? (laughs) Unbelievable. Now, I don't know that Huey Fury was guilty or innocent because they never really cleared up the situation. What we know is he didn't box for a period of time the same as Tyson didn't box for a period of time. But other than that, it's all clouded in mystery. We know there was a UCAG case. We know there were... Therefore, something must have happened. And we knew they were both at the ring for two, two years. years. Um, so we know something happened with UCAD, and the only thing that's going to be is a drugs test. You sign that same person and make a big deal of it in the middle of... a like It's like UCAD squared this week. <laughs> oh. But... Let's talk from a boxing perspective. Let's be positive. Right. Because <laughs> so, everyone else has been this week. Yeah. It was a... <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> we spoke a little while ago about where is Hugh Fury going? And the question was, pff, don't know. Until Mickey Hellyer does something, what's going to happen? We just 
we just don't know what he's doing. He's kind of just yeah, like Mick Hennessy adrift. Sorry, Mick Hennessy. That's right. Um, thank you. Uh, so, but now that's all changed, and he is part of Matchroom. Is this, from a boxing perspective, massive? It's not massive, is it? Like it, okay. it's good. And it's a week or so after Martin Bacoli signed as well. So big heavyweight um, that Billy Nelson trains, I think maybe used to manage. I'm not sure if he still does. Um, but yeah, Matchroom in the space of like a fortnight have signed up two heavyweights, which you kind of think there's like a bit of a, a turf war with Frank Warren going on where he's got Gorman, Joyce, Dubois, Matchroom seem to have signed up these other ones. So they've got your Dave Allen, your Derek Chisora. Now they've got Huey Fury and Martin Bacoli. It's almost like a cock blocking from either side to stop. We discussed it last week. Remember we were saying about stopping other people from using yeah. them. Um, it kind of seems a little bit like that almost. That, you know, in signing Huey Fury, you stop him being able to fight Gorman, Dubois, Joe Joyce. Because he's now on the Matchroom roster. Um so look, it's great. There were some good fights out there for him, but it, but it's, it, it's not like it could have come from nowhere because Huey has close historic ties to Frank Warren. So why didn't Frank Warren pick him up? I don't know. It's a good question. I, he's been on under the Frank Warren banner before. Whether he was signed to him, no idea. But he's fought on many of his shows. Um. And he's got history of her, and I think he called him a clown in a press conference once, something like that. Um, <laughs> there's a little clip of him somewhere on Twitter, find it. But uh, yeah, he's he's got a past with Hearn, which isn't all complimentary, and um, he's got a stronger background with Warren. But look, money talks, doesn't it? At the end of the day, we've just discussed that around morality and money talking. Um, Money overrules everything in boxing, good or bad. That's how it works. Um, but there were rumours he was going to be put in with Povetkin. Cool. Brilliant. I want to see that. I don't want to see him fighting Samuel Peters, but you can kind of assume Matchroom are going to do a better job than that now. You know, he's had those years of fighting Samuel Peters and whoever the bloke was that he fought in Manchester, that I can't remember. There's still a talent there in Huey Fury. You suspect he needs the motivation to be able to, to do yeah. it. Um He's never going to be everyone's cup of tea. He's like uh, a Tyson Fury light, isn't he? Yeah, like, that's the nice way to put it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I was trying to be very gentle around that because I like Huey Fury, yeah, and I, as do I. Yeah, I've interviewed Huey a couple of times. He's a really nice bloke. So inverted. So he's the opposite of Tyson. He doesn't have that brashness, that boldness. You'll never see any of that character. Which is kind of says, it's almost like that's the way it is in the boxing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like there's, there's a certain, when you're watching Tyson, for me, this is my personal experience of watching him. I watched Tyson Fury and everyone, for, for every person that will look at him, watch him and think he's boring. There's a, there's a class to him that just blows my mind. Whereas when I watch Tyson, when I watch Huey Fury, it almost makes me feel like that's what Tyson Fury would be without that sprinkle of stardust. Yeah. And that, and, that and X factor. Yeah. And, and then I can kind of relate to how some people watch Tyson and think of him because, you know, you it was so frustrating when he fought Joe Parker because you're like... Joe. You and him on like yeah, I'm, friendly terms. Yeah, well, we speak on the phone a lot. He says, call me Joe. So, yeah. Nice one. Uh, <laughs> But you could see that he was giving the judges the chance for him to lose the fight 
Whereas you don't feel like Tyson would have done. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just look forward to him being in the ring again and against someone of a bit more notoriety <clears throat> than Samuel Peters and the other guy that you. Yeah, genuinely got no idea who it was. His name was. Um, but yeah, look, I'm all for it. And I like Huey Fury. And I think there's a great talent in there. And it's great to see Peter Fury hopefully get a bit of the limelight again. Because Peter Fury is a great boxing man. Great knowledge, great trainer. Uh, speaks well. Good personality. It'd be good to see more of him. Hopefully, good to see uh, some of the Furies on Love Island tonight as well. <laughs> Yeah, mate, I want to see John Fury on Love Island, man. That's pay-per-view. That is, that is. <laughs> so good. I'd love to see him tell that gravelly, husky voice and like just cunting people off. I'd love him to walk up straight up to Tommy Fury's game and go, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social media influencer. What the fuck is that? What is a social media influencer, darling? <laughs> uh, yeah, just knock someone out on the way out. Any of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, that Curtis. Was, yeah, just absolutely oh, yeah. batter Curtis on the way out. It'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, look, all in all, great. It's great. Hopefully, it opens opportunities and we get to see a Povetkin fight or a Joseph Parker rematch where it's seen by more than four people on YouTube. Um, loads of options there for him potentially. And don't forget, he wasn't far off that IBF title shot. It was a loss to Kubrat Pulev. That was a final eliminator to fight Joshua. So it's not unthinkable that he could work his way back to those levels and get another final eliminator. Um, So let's see where he gets to. But there is such an irony to it happening this week. And you think somebody would have put a sensible head on and gone, do it Tuesday next week. Let this storm blow over a little bit. Or bury it. Because I know it's more going to be talked about Dylan White stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the thinking? I don't know. It's. I don't know. But. Yeah. It just baffles me, this sport. It really does. Like, how all these scenarios have been allowed to play out. And yet nobody has told anything about it. If it turns out that what people were watching in the O2 wasn't what they thought they were going to see. Then what? That, you that. I mean, hopefully, from a consumer and purely from a consumer perspective, that makes some people wake up and they start asking more questions and they start holding people to account. Hopefully, this whole thing seems to be wrong in some way yeah. and you could have screwed up. Yeah. <sighs> but there's nothing, nothing is good that comes out of this. Nothing. Either the people that are trying to keep up a sport looking competent. Or the people that are running the sport look incompetent. Said about Varda being incompetent, they tweeted out last night about because <laughs> they keep doing these tweets at the moment. It says, "Welcome uh, Luke Campbell and Vasil yeah. Lomachenko to our oh, yeah. uh, to our clean boxing program." They put one out last night saying, "Welcome Alexander Povetkin and Kuzmin to our clean boxing program um, for their fight date." Apart from that, fight hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> So Varda basically announced a fight by accident that Eddie Hearn hasn't announced yet. So they deleted the tweet. <laughs> how did you find that out? Did you? Because I saw it. I saw yeah. my timeline. When you delete a tweet, it still appears on the timeline. Um, don't know how. Don't know why. 
but you can't load it. It just comes up with failed to load. Ah. Um, but you can still see it. So deleting's cheating, Varda, unless it's with a hammer <laughs> and a vial that you smash to pieces and then no one ever has to know the result. That's how you get through a drug test. That is the kind of deleting cheating that works. Pee in a cup, smash it with a hammer. Or blood in a cup, smash it with a hammer. Whatever. Whatever it is, always take a hammer with you to a drugs test. Always take a hammer and always go to a toilet that's got a glory hole. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is I mean, good, I only, that's good advice I only anyway. do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always take a drill. Create <laughs> <laughs> one for yourself. <laughs> like, well, if no one else going to do it. <laughs> Fleshlight. Drill. Uh, that is it. You're exhausted. We both need the toilet. I I'm suspect. actually, I'm depressed by the whole thing this week. Like, I just, what a shit show. And it makes a mockery of the sport. Any proper sport would have had this solved by now. Any proper sport wouldn't have allowed it to get to this point. And how many other, before we go, how many other cases, someone find this out, someone put pressure on, how many other cases have happened like this that we don't know about? Because we only found oh, out about God, this yeah. because Thomas Hauser leaked it on boxing or he had it leaked to him by someone and then put it onto boxing scene. Yeah. How many other cases like this, how many scenarios have happened that we haven't been told about? <sighs> so I just think, what a wankhole of a sport. It's sad. And that's the last pot of the season. <laughs> It can't be. We can't make that the last pod of the season. It's too depressing. I think we'll see what happens this week. Because <laughs> yeah. we can have some real fun next week. Uh, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done, man. Uh, so, apologies if that was a bit depressing. We can only talk about what's in the news. Yeah, that's Give us true. something good. We'll talk about that. Yeah, fair one. Okay, thank you very much for listening. For the second time, because the first one didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is a... Thank you very much for me. <laughs> this is all a retake. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you probably next week. Bye.